Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Monday, the 8th of February. I'm Michelle Martin. Good morning. Asia Pacific shares are mixed this morning. We are seeing strong gains in Tokyo, and the Nikkei is up 1.6%. The numbers are not quite so bullish elsewhere in the region. Sydney is up about half a percent, while Seoul is in the red this morning. What are investors focusing on this week? I put that question to Ryan Huang. Joining me now to break down all the market action. Good morning, Ryan. Morning, Michelle. How's your weekend? Oh, really good. Lots of uh, parties and meeting up with friends. How's yours? Okay. I had a restful weekend. I made use of my Singapore Rediscover vouchers to check out the Battle Box at Fort Canning. Is that any fun? Highly recommend it if you haven't had a chance to go. Mm, I love anything to do with history, so I like that idea. Is it an audiovisual tour? It is a guided tour. So you've got someone on the ground giving you the rundown of what happened back in the war times and it is very immersive. It sounds like fun. So I was huddled over the Propnex Monopoly edition. I haven't played Monopoly in four decades. How different (laughs) is it in terms of mechanics? Are there like local tweaks or flavours? There are definite local tweaks. So you buy... um, the core areas, outside core areas, places like, you know, Bishan, you want to buy a house, you want to build a house in Orchard, you can on the board. And they tweak the rules so that you can finish the game in one and a half hours instead of three hours. Oh, okay. So how long do you take? I, we, we stuck to one and a half hours. We could have kept going, actually. It was really, really fun. And then at the end of it all, instead of losing for the, lo- looking for the bankrupt, you look for the person who has the most assets. So everybody walks away a winner in that sense. Do you know what I mean? Mm, okay, that's a nice twist. Yeah, really, really good fun. And I noticed during that one and a half hours, nobody looked at their phones. You know, it's so rare these <laughs> that days. That is so rare. <laughs> It was good fun, good fun. All right, U.S. stock futures trading higher this morning and they appear set to build on last week's gains. The S&P 500 rose more than 4.5% last week, its best performance since early November. The markets have more than recovered from the previous week's drop when a frenzy in GameStop and other retail stocks unnerved markets. So what is in store for investors this week? Well, on my list, there are three major themes that global investors should watch out for. Corporate earnings fiscal stimulus, and COVID-19 vaccine news. Let's take each of these in turn. Let's start with earnings. Ryan, nearly 80 S&P 500 companies are going to open their books this week, including Cisco, Disney, and Twitter. What should we be looking out for? Yeah, it's going to be a rather busy week on Wall Street, although we are having a shorter trading week here in the region with the Lunar New Year holidays coming up. So you've got a couple of companies to watch out for amidst the 70-plus um, S&P 500 companies about to release their report card. Uh, right at the top of my list is Disney, Coke, Pepsi, Twitter, and Cisco Systems. So a couple of big names there. And just to set the context first, going into the earnings season, we were looking out for a rather weak performance relatively for the earnings in the quarter to December to actually fall by 9.3%. But already with nearly half of the companies reporting, it is up by 1.7%. So it is a big change of expectations and we are seeing expectations being surprised on the upside. So if it continues that way, it could be an encouraging sign for markets to push up higher. So back to those markets or those earnings Mm -hmm. that we are looking out for. So right atop, Twitter. And this is going to be an interesting one because... Investors, analysts will be asking many questions about what could be a new era for Twitter because they have since banned 
Donald Trump, one of their biggest users, or most popular users at least, mm-hmm. from Twitter. So this is going to be a big topic of conversation. And of course, there's this ongoing conversation around regulation risk, how Donald Trump started the ball rolling by saying social media companies, internet giants need a tighter supervision in terms of um, what they should be regulating in terms of fake news, in terms of user opinions. So that is already underway in terms of a proposed bill. So with the Democrats pretty much holding power in Congress, there's now a lot of attention on what tough regulations might come through. So that's one thing to watch out for on Twitter's front, besides the earnings, of course. Uh, also, Disney, mm. the pandemic has hit hard many businesses and not least, least of it is Disney because of its huge footprint in terms of theme parks. So that business will be washed out for in terms of continued losses. But offsetting that is a bit of a bright spot in terms of streaming. How many users is going to be adding on to its Disney Plus service? And if that growth momentum is continuing, especially in overseas markets. And back home, I think we've just gotten Disney Plus rolled out in the, or at least announced that it'll be rolled out sometime in the next few weeks. So something to watch out for on Disney. And Coke and Pepsi will be giving a bit of a reflection of the consumption story there in the US. The S&P 500 on track to break out of an earnings recession. So far, big banks and tech companies have posted sizable profits beating expectations. Now, next on my themes to look out for list is COVID-19. And I think the news is more mixed here. On the one hand, Russia's vaccine, which many observers scoffed at when it was released back in August, is now proving to be quite effective. But AstraZeneca's vaccine is facing a major setback. Ryan, what's the latest there? A bit of a dampener when you look at what's the headlines. And I am reading about how the South African authorities are putting the pressing the pause button when it comes to the rollout of the vaccine. And this is around how we've been hearing about variants to the COVID-19 virus in the UK, and of course, South Africa as well. Apparently, this vaccine is not really effective when it comes to the new variants. So that is now sending them back to the drawing block in terms of what they need to do in terms of calibrating the dosage or what else they need to do to step up the efficacy of the vaccine. So for now, it's a bit of a pause for the deployment of vaccine in South Africa. Indeed. AstraZeneca shares down about 10% over the past three months. It's too early, though, to say how the company's shares could be affected by this latest news. Onwards now to the third market theme of the morning, and that is fiscal stimulus. The U.S. Congress appears on track to pass a major stimulus package by next month. U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen saying she thinks the U.S. could achieve full employment next year if the U.S. Congress backs President Biden's $1.9 trillion U.S. dollar plan. Critics, though, argue the money could fuel inflation and a stock market bubble. Ryan, fill us in. Yeah, the backstory to this is how there's a tug of war between both sides, Republicans and Democrats, over how much. And Democrats pretty much are saying you need a huge boost, $1.9 trillion. Um, Despite the price tag that comes with it, despite the bill you have to pay at the end of the day, you need this, otherwise you will be seeing long-term pain and this is going to be worth it even though you might have to be paying a bit of a steep price for this 1.9 trillion dollars because 
the price of not doing so will outweigh the price of this bill or this proposal. So over the weekend, Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, made the rounds in the media pushing her case for $1.9 trillion. And she also said with this proposal or this bill being passed, you could actually see the US economy getting back to full employment in 2022 next year. So this is her pitch. And she says, if you don't do this, you won't get the recovery to full employment until at least 2024, 2025. So that is the, I guess, pitch that she's putting out in the media to try to win some opinion in the public, at least, to get some backing. And on inflation, she says we have the tools to deal with that. But what about that stock market bubble she's referring to? Okay, so this is something that has been talked about for quite some time, right? With so much liquidity in the system, Mm -hmm. there has been a lot of questions around whether that low rates, low interest rates has been helping to fuel the bubble in many asset classes. Some people say there's one happening in property. Some people say it's happening in stock markets. But the thing in bubbles is you don't really have a definitive conclusion until after the fact. You can't call it a bubble until uh, the bubble has happened. So this is something to watch out for. And also, I think it's worth pointing out, on Friday, we had the labour market report, the monthly jobs report for January. It was another weak report of just 49,000 jobs being created. That is slightly below forecast of 50,000. And it's off the back of 227,000 in December jobs being lost. So another round of weak numbers adds actually to the case for Janet Yellen that more stimulus needs to be done. So in terms of bubbles, she says, no, even though there's that risk, you need to take that risk for the wider recovery. All right. So before we move on from the US, I want to check back in on the story we haven't stopped talking about, GameStop. So on Friday, Robinhood completely lifted restrictions on buying the video game seller. What was market reaction? It is green for GameStop. And that is, of course, um, 19% higher at $63.77. So another day of volatile trading for GameStop. And this is off the back of Robinhood pretty much lifting all the restrictions around buying the shares around um, GameStop. So this is going to be one of those stocks to be really careful around. Mm. So after that 90% jump, it is down by around 80% for the week. So it is a bit of up and down, heavy swings uh, for what is a really rollercoaster ride for short squeeze bets. And of course, you have to keep in mind that many of the short sellers already have closed their positions. It's not as um, short sold as in the previous month. So in terms of short covering, you can't expect that huge run-up we've seen previously to happen again. So going into GameStop at this point is a larger risk than it was last month. You're right. And GameStop closed at 63.77, up 19.2%. I want to bring the discussion to Asia now, Hong Kong in particular. The Hang Seng Index is up 14% over the past three months. The index's strong performance appears due in large part to an inflow of funds from mainland Chinese investors. We're about to see how the market can perform without all that money. What's going on there, Ryan? Yeah, talk about retail trading frenzy. A lot of the market action in China is driven by retail investors. And many of them are taking advantage of the Hong Kong Connect to buy Hong Kong stocks. So what's happening 
in the next week or so, you've got the Lunar New Year holidays and the stock exchange connection between both sides will be halted from tomorrow onwards until sometime next Wednesday. So without the connection, you won't be getting the Chinese investors going into the Hong Kong market. So the talk around what's the potential market action today is lower volumes, of course, lower interests, and that means maybe profit-taking in the Hong Kong markets when they open at 9.30. So an interesting one to watch out for to see if the momentum in Hong Kong markets can be sustained without the support of Chinese investors. Yep, people are going to be looking at Tencent, Meituan, China Merchants Banks, for example. The link uh, that you heard Ryan talk about allows mainland traders to buy Hong Kong shares that will reopen after that eight-day Chinese New Year break on the 18th of Feb. Ryan, while we're on Hong Kong, how did the Quasho IPO perform on Friday and did it do as well as we had anticipated? Yeah, I have to point out one statistic around the Hong Kong market that we left out. In the past five weeks alone this year, hmm. uh, nearly $48 billion worth of stock action or stock investments were done just this five weeks alone. And that is already more than half of last year's total. So that is the type of frenzy we saw. And in line with that frenzy, hmm. we saw Show technology really popping up on its day one action, up nearly 161%. So you are seeing a huge rush for... Well, pretty much the flavor of the month, internet stocks. And this is, of course, the rival to TikTok, Kwai Show. Uh, stock price at one point was as high as 345 Hong Kong dollars. Just a reminder that the IPO price was 115. So what it sets up for is similar IPOs down the road from internet companies, even from the likes of his rival, ByteDance, which owns TikTok. So this is just paving the way for many more similar types of um, companies to go for a public listing because there is apparently a lot of interest. What a rise for Kuesho, hey? Friday's IPO leaves Kuesho with a market valuation of nearly 160 billion US dollars. It's the biggest IPO in dollar terms since Uber. On a totally different topic, who let the dogs out, right? Maybe I should say who let the doge out. Mm. That's what Elon Musk tweeted on Sunday. And if you think that moved markets, it did, at least for one asset, right, Ryan? <laughs> Indeed. So <laughs> another tweet, another record, and talk about influencer. Tesla co-founder Elon Musk tweeted who let the doge out, and that pushed up the st- the price of Dogecoin. Of course, this is the cryptocurrency that was started off a joke. It doesn't actually have any fundamental value behind it per se. So right now it is at around eight cents per unit. And this is actually after a roller coaster ride last week. It was as low as two point five cents after crashing from five cents. So it's now back up again. And another tweet helping the cause for Dogecoin. Now it's the eighth biggest cryptocurrency with a market value of around $10 billion. So it is quite interesting when you think about how investors are buying into what social media influencers are saying. Just a tweet is sending up prices. I was talking to an investor saying, you know, maybe he was joking, of course, but saying maybe he should seriously be looking at setting up um, an arm whereby they trade very quickly, according to Elon Musk's tweets. Very quickly. Yeah, how about a Michelle coin? 
<laughs> I don't think anything can rival Dogecoin in terms of weirdness. All right, before we check in on the markets, there are a few local stories that I want to check in on. Let's do this headline style. I'll name a company. Ryan tells us why it's in the news. Are you ready, Ryan? Let's go. MM2 Asia. All right, MM2 Asia is a local entertainment company. You might know it for its ownership of the Cathay Cinema business. Yep. So what we have in terms of the latest news is they have, in a filing of the SGX, said a Singapore private equity investor is interested in investing in one of its core businesses. It didn't specify which particular business area, uh-huh. uh, but it says it has received a non-binding term sheet and this is to take a minority stake in one of the core businesses. So it's unable to disclose more because of confidentiality agreements. You can't say who it is. You can't say some of the terms is received. So just stay tuned for more announcements. All right. So it could be anything in the area of content distribution, digital content, film, their uh, online content, right? They're, they're quite diversify in that sense. All right, Yoma Strategic. Now, this company operates mainly in Myanmar, Mm. where political life has been upended by a military coup that happened last week. How is Yoma coping? Okay, so latest update we've got from Myanmar is a weekend filing. And they say, despite the intermittent disruption from what's been going on with Myanmar, many of its services have resumed operations. So we are talking about payments, business, wave money, it's KFC franchise, logistics services, cost bar. So those are kind of back online. Uh, and it also adds that it's still too early to ascertain the longer term impact of what's going on on the political front. Uh, but they will continue to monitor the situation closely. So this is also alongside its latest results for its fifth quarter that it gave in a business update. So revenue for the group was up 0.9% to $24.8 million. And this is largely driven by real estate gains. And that offset the falls in revenue from FMB as well as motoring. So this is going to be one stock to watch in the coming days with what's going on with Myanmar. So still too early to ascertain the long-term effects, right? Mm. While the military coup and counter-protests have disrupted some of Yoma's operations, it says many of its businesses like Wave Money and KFC are back online. Next up, CNMC Gold Mine Holdings. Okay, so this is one of those stocks that have been hit by what's going on with Malaysia's MCO order. So it reported a net loss or expects to report a net loss for the full year end of December. So a profit warning for those results. And this will reverse a net profit that it posted the previous year. Mm. And what's going on with the MCO impact is you had an MCO from March to May. So during that period, it recorded lower gold output because it had to stop operations due to the MCO. And also their underground mining team from China the MCO delayed the return of that team. So this also affected the productivity of its operations and they could only resume operations sometime in the fourth quarter of 2020. So this all will be detailed further when it releases results for CNMC sometime by the end of this month. CNMC having a rough time. Shares of the gold miner down nearly 25% over the past three months. I want to check in on local stocks right now. The SDI finished last week pretty much where it started. A few notches above the 2900 mark or at 2907 to be precise. How's the SDI starting off this Monday morning? Yeah, we had a bit of a flat action on 
Friday, just slightly above water. And right now, it is building on those slight gains. It's up 0.5%, extending the gains of 0.1% on Friday. The latest level right now is at 2,921. And some stocks worth watching. You've got Tybev at the top of the list. It's up 1.8%, extending the gains on Friday where we saw a jump of over 3%. All that off the back of news that is going to be a listing is beer business on the SGX, a 20% stake. And also, I think worth watching is iFast. We've got the results after market for iFast where it said net profit more than doubled to $6.8 million due to higher assets under administration. So iFast back on track to push up higher, or rather is now down, is now seeing a bit of profit taking after seeing record levels in recent days, is now down by 4.6% at $6.20. So looking elsewhere, the banks, DBS, UOB, and OCBC are pushing up gains higher as well. And of course, DPS will be releasing results on Wednesday morning. So all in, it is a largely positive start to the STI on Monday. All right, he's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Coming up, we're still talking about GameStop. Main lessons for investors that's happening in half an hour in Money and Me. Stay with me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.